This may be a bit late since it relates to last week's gospel, but I think it's too important to pass. Last Sunday, we heard Jesus say to us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you're like me, you would relate to Thomas, who wants to know the way. How can we get to where we're going if we don't know the way? Where's the map? But the way is not directions to a physical destination. It is a way of life. And what is that way? It is the way of truth and the way of life. If Jesus says that he is the truth, then we have to believe that the truth is absolute. It's not that I have my truth and you have your truth. That's a huge problem today. People want everything to be anything they want it to be. We think that marriage is anything we want it to be. Gender is anything we say it is. Life begins and ends whenever we think it should begin and end. A person is whatever we think should be a person, even if it's an animal or a corporation. And if we don't think that a particular human being is a person, then it isn't. But it doesn't work that way. God has created a world that is ruled by laws, and these laws are absolute. So is truth. Reason tells me that. And Jesus says he is truth, so it must be the same, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. But Jesus also says that he is life. So why is there a question about Christians being pro-life? Christians have to be a people of life. All life, not just the unborn, but all life. We are pro all things that are life-giving. And when it comes to abortion, the church has been unequivocal about abortion. Life is given to us by God, and it begins at conception. Reason tells me that because life cannot begin incrementally and science supports it because from the moment of conception, that new human being has his or her own unique individual DNA completely separate from the mother and different from any other human being that has ever existed. Christians have to be pro-life because Jesus said, I am life. May you be able to live your life as a person of the way, of truth, and of life. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. We begin today, as always, by giving away a prize. Our winner today is Loretta Bouchard. Loretta Bouchard, you've won a copy of Curtis Stevens' newest album, Songs of Consolation, that we featured last week. If you haven't already done so, Loretta, please contact us so we can get you your prize. And for the rest of you, remember, winning a prize is really easy. All you have to do is go to saltandlighttv.org radio, enter your name and your email address where it says stay connected for a chance to win weekly prizes. You can also see there who our previous winners are in case you missed it. Today, our parenting expert, Jillian Cantor, returns to tell us what she learned from her kids this week. Um, that's going to be in about 15 minutes, right after Alicia's News and Andrew's Saint of the Week. And in our second half hour, we're going to be speaking with Olympian Rebecca Dussault. Rebecca is a cross-country skier who was part of the U.S. Olympic team in 2006 in Torino, Italy. She now runs a ministry called Mass Start for Health and Holiness. So we're going to be speaking with her in about a half an hour or so. And our featured artist of the week is a new band for the Salt and Light Hour, Out of Darkness, comprised of husband and wife, Adam and Lori Yubowski. Very exciting to be introducing a new Catholic band with excellent music to you. So let's start with a song. Here's Out of Darkness with You Are My Strength from their album Stronghold. 
You are my fortress and my stronghold My rock of refuge and my shield In my distress I call out to you That my humble cry may reach your ear You are love And you are my strength You are love And you are my strength You are a Featured band of the week out of darkness with You Are My Strength from their album Stronghold. And we're going to be speaking with Adam and Lori from Out of Darkness in our second half hour. And in about five minutes, Saint of the Week with Andrew Santos. But first, Alicia is here with our news. I am here and there's really only one thing to talk about this week. Yes. What's the Pope doing this weekend? He's traveling. Details. Details, I know. Well, he is in the Holy Land. Yes. He has a very short but very intense schedule. Very tight schedule. It is, I am told, 
based on the itinerary of Paul the Sixth when he was in the Holy okay. Land doing this very visit. Sixty years 50. ago. Fifty years ago. Yes. Nineteen sixty-four. So yeah, so it is fast. So the highlight today was the um, mass in Amman uh-huh. at the stadium in Jordan, presided over by Pope Francis. He went on to visit the baptismal site in Jordan, Bethany okay. beyond the Jordan, and he met with refugees and disabled people um, at a Latin Rite church there at the at the baptismal site. Mm-hmm. That's always a, that's always a really iconic moment. That. Whether it's just driving by, whizzing by, in a the golf cart like, <laughs> in a golf car like Benedict, it's always an iconic moment. It's kind of like where everything started for us. Yeah. Now, uh, tomorrow's itinerary is tomorrow Sunday. Yes. Tomorrow Sunday, it's also quite full. He is celebrating Mass in Manger Square in Bethlehem. In Bethlehem. Let's talk about iconic places. Beautiful. Um, of course, mass there. From there, he goes on to what is actually being listed as the state of Palestine, and that's the first time we're really seeing that name on an itinerary. The state of Palestine. Yeah, I, I noticed that, and I find that I, absolutely, I agree with you. And this is in line with the UN. You know, the UN. So has, the UN has recognized is recognizing. So the yeah. Vatican is as well. That's right. So, in the state of Palestine, uh, Francis will visit the Grotto of the Nativity and greet children from the refugee camps mm-hmm. nearby. He's not going to the refugee camps. It's just too much moving back yeah. and forth. So they will come to him at the Phoenix Center that's there in that complex. And then he goes off by helicopter to Tel Aviv. And from Tel Aviv... Drives to Jerusalem. It's crazy. It's because crazy. Bethlehem is literally just like a half an hour yeah. drive from Jerusalem. No, it's, it's interesting. It's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. So from the Basilica of the Holy Sepulchre... Well, it could even be a drive. I'm... I, I'm looking no, at a, an outline here. I think he's supposed to fly, yes, yeah. to Ben Gurion in Tel Aviv. There's yes. a few helicopters going on. Yes. So he goes to the Basilica of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem, and this is where he has the ecumenical celebration, which is meant to mark the 50th anniversary of the meeting between Pope Paul VI and, and Patriarch, Patriarch Athenagoras. That basically started the Catholic Orthodox dialogue mm-hmm. that is still going on today. And they are going to sign, Francis and the Patriarch Bartholomew are going to sign a joint statement and basically just reinforcing the desire of both churches to work together, to dialogue, to find common ground, mm-hmm. to you know work towards reunification if that's ever possible or work right. towards working together. So he's the patriarch of the Greek Orthodox Church. Yes. Is that correct? The ecumenical patriarch. Okay. Yes. yes. And then Monday, now when Benedict did this, he did just a weekend trip, but Francis is staying Monday. Mm-hmm. So Monday morning, he will go to um, visit the Grand Mufti of Jerusalem and then visit the Western Wall. And then he goes to, uh, from Jerusalem, he goes to meet the priests, men and women, religious men and women. Right. And if I'm not wrong, yes, this is the church in the Garden of Gethsemane. Yes. The church at the bottom of the yeah. of the garden. And then from there, he celebrates Mass. Like, of all places to celebrate Mass, Pedro, in the cenacle room. Cynical in the room. upper room. Yeah. Now, this has it's been... not a big room. No, it's not. It's not a big room at all. People are quite surprised about that. So he will Good celebrate Mass there. It looks like it's just the papal entourage, mm-hmm. Francis and his entourage, and a few special guests. Mm-hmm. Um, this building has actually been a source of some dispute recently. There were protests going on because the same building houses the tomb of King David. Right. So certain yes. Jewish groups are afraid that 
um, Israeli authorities are going to give control of the Senegal back to the Franciscans. The right. Franciscans currently don't control that site. Mm-hmm. Um, the church has been pushing for increased access to the Senegal, at least to have daily prayers in the Senegal. Mm. Um, and certain Jewish groups are a bit worried. Israel has said that they are working on an agreement to give Catholics more access to it, to mm-hmm. give Christians more access, but it's not in the cards to hand this back over to the Franciscans. So there's been a little bit of controversy there. Whatever, like putting, they're going to put all of that aside and Francis That's will celebrate great. Mass That's in the great. upper room. That's great. So, and all these events are going to be televised, correct? They are all going to be televised on our station if you're in if you're in yeah if you're in canada you can watch it on our on our digital television network otherwise we're live streaming everything on our website and we've got special streams set up specifically for this so that there will be no crashing yeah, of so the signal. saltandlighttv.org. Go there. You can find out. And Alicia is going to be hosting a lot of these uh, broadcasts. So that's great. Alicia, our s- not only our Salt and Light Hour news producer, but also our Vatican connection, our Pope connection. Um, so hopefully you can tune in on, on the for what's rest of the weekend anyway, Sunday, yeah. Monday, um, and some of Saturday, if you're listening to this program on Saturday, for the Holy Father's apostolic journey first for Francis to Jordan, uh, the state of Palestine, and Israel. Hi, this is Ben Walter. You're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. You can podcast our show for free at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. Visit us there and stay connected with us for a chance to win weekly prizes. And now it's time for... Saint of the Week with Andrew Santos. Deacon Pedro, how are you? I am good, Andrew. Welcome back to the program. So we got some more married saints? Absolutely. We're going to look at uh, the lives of three saints today. Okay. So I'm hoping that our listeners are ready to uh, hear who the three are. Uh, So here we have it. We're going to look at St. Elizabeth of Portugal, first of all. Um, She married Dennis, uh, who was the king of Portugal, uh, when she was 12 years old. Can you imagine getting married at 12? No. I can't. Uh, she maintained um, a very regular routine of prayer and mass while raising her son and daughter, and she also got involved in many charitable activities, um, which did anywhere from providing food, clothing, and shelter to the poor. She was known to visit the sick. She founded a hospital and um, one for orphans. Hmm. She also helped many, many poor women to be married by providing them with dowries. Her husband was known to be unfaithful, uh, but we know that Elizabeth continued to care for and pray for him. Uh, she even cared for his illegitimate children. So uh, we know that her husband was ultimately converted on his deathbed, and she also worked to preserve peace. Okay, so that's St. Elizabeth of Portugal. She lived from 1271 to 1336, feast day, July the 4th. Okay. Uh, moving on to St. Gorgonia. Uh, she was the sister of two other saints, so St. Caesarius and St. Gregory Nazianzen. Mm-hmm. Uh, she married a man by the name of Italian, and they raised three children. Uh, She wanted to raise her children and grandchildren to live lives um, that were uh, devoted to God, service to God. She showed them how to do this through her own personal example of prayer, of being modest, uh, being charitable to others, and fasting. So she exemplified what we know as the virtue of hospitality, because she always, always welcomed all those who came into her home, and she shared all that she had. So she was known for her wisdom, and many sought her out to seek her counsel. Uh, so she died in the year 374, and her feast day is on February the 23rd. Finally, we look at St. Monica. St. Monica, uh, I love her. I've right. got one school here in Markham named St. Monica. Yes. 
she's one of the best-known mothers of all time. Uh, she was married to a pagan named Patricius, and she became the mother of three children. Mm-hmm. She had the burden of uh, living with her mother-in-law, who did not like her. So for all those who live with their mother-in-law and are challenged by them, uh, this saint is for you. And she spoke against her. Uh, saint Monica always treated her with kindness and eventually won her over. Who was one of her youngest sons? Saint Augustine. Augustine. And we know at, by looking at Augustine's life that he caused her much trouble. He was brilliant, but he fell into a life of sin and disillusion. So she prayed for him constantly and was eventually rewarded by his ultimate conversion. And you know uh, you know the story better than anyone. Augustine would later become a saint in his own way, and to this day is known as a great doctor in the church. Mm-hmm. So St. Monica lived uh, between the years 331 and 387, and her feast day uh, coming up later this summer, August the 27th. So we look to St. Elizabeth, St. Gorgonia, and St. Monica um, for help, especially for those who um, find themselves living out the vocation of marriage. Excellent. Yeah, especially those, some of the some of these had difficult marriages, so that's good. Um, thank you, St. Elizabeth of Portugal, St. Gorgonia, and St. Monica. Favorite one for a lot of people, St. Monica. Thank you, Andrew. Have a great week. Thank you. You too. Andrew Santos, our saint expert, is a youth minister at St. Justin Martyr Parish in Markham, Ontario. Hi, I'm Rebecca Rubion, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. You can find Salt and Light Radio on Facebook. Make sure it's facebook.com slash slradio1. Don't be confused with Salt and Light Radio out of Boise, Idaho, because that's not us. But you can also find me on Facebook. Just look for Deacon Pedro, and you can follow me on Twitter at Deacon Pedro GM. And now it's time for... What Our Kids Teach Us with Jillian Cantor. Jillian, welcome back. Thank you very much. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. What did you learn from your kids this week? Well, this is a, an ongoing lesson. In fact, it's a lesson that I am reminded every single day, um, and that is there is really no such thing as shame when it comes to <laughs> asking for yes. anything. I love it. <laughs> and I'll give you this example. Like I said, there's an example from every day, but this is one that happened this morning. So this is the story this I'll is tell fresh. you. Fresh yes. off the press. Yes, Mr. Henry, age three serving him breakfast, and he melts down. This is way too much cereal. I can't eat this much cereal. Please take this cereal away from me. Henry, this is the amount of cereal that Mommy knows you need. Please trust me and just eat it. Can't eat it, won't eat it, lying on the floor crying. Not going to eat it. It's too much in my bowl. Please take some away. So after some debating, I split cereal between two bowls and gave some to his sister and gave him what he deemed a reasonable amount of cereal to be eaten. He sat down on the table, he merrily ate it. He comes back to me maybe two minutes later. Mommy, I'm still hungry, I need more cereal. (laughs) So he has absolutely no shame in asking for what he needs. There was no sense of embarrassment or I'm sorry I was wrong about this. It was just, I need more cereal. I don't care what you said before, but I need more cereal. And so, and I find myself uh, also coming to them and asking things that I never would have thought would, you know, questions that would never leave my mouth and that seem to have, also there's no evidence of shame there, of like, finger out of your nose or any number of requests for my kids. Yeah. So I'm realizing that that is not just the relationship that I have with my kids and they have with me, but it 
maybe should also be the relationship that I have with God, because very often, um, for a number of reasons, if we haven't been very devoted to our daily prayer time or maybe haven't gone to confession very regularly, we will approach it like, oh, I haven't been in so long or I haven't prayed in so long. I just can't. I can't do it. I'm, I'm ashamed of myself or for whatever, whatever. And so we just distance ourselves even further because we just don't want to swallow that mm-hmm. pride and come mm-hmm. to the Lord and say, I'm sorry for my absence. I'm sorry for my sin. And here I am again. But instead, we just kind of dig ourselves further and further into this mm-hmm. hole. And really, what? why? I mean, God sees and knows everything about us. So who do we think we're hiding from? Like, how do we think we're actually accomplishing this, any level of hiding? So it just it reminds me, my kids remind me every day, that there's no shame in asking for help and going to the Lord and saying, I'm sorry for whatever, um, and, and just asking him for what it is that we need, um, for what our families need, for anything. Um, because he's not going to, he's not going to say, well, you didn't, uh, you didn't have, you haven't asked me for anything, you haven't given me anything, why should I help you? That's not the Lord yeah. that we know and love, and so he's not going to treat us like that. So there's no point trying to, trying to set all of our matters straight before we come to him. Mm-hmm. That's that's uh, that's that's very good because ultimately what matters is our relationship with God and and we get so hung up on our sin because of shame, and instead of just 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 get on with it, ask yes, for forgiveness, exactly. move on, and it's all about the relationship that you have with God. With yeah, good. So even if you refuse that bowl of cereal, there's no shame in asking for more. No, and 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 don't negotiate with your three-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> that's the secondary <laughs> lesson. That'll be next Next on <laughs> what did my kids teach us. Yeah, okay, no, good. I never learned that lesson. I keep doing it. Yes. Very good. I hope it was good cereal and not sugary cereal. No, it was very wholesome. Very with, good. With fruit in it, even. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Thank you very much, Jillian. Julian Cantor is the producer of the Salt and Light TV program Mothering Full of Grace, and she's the wife of David and the mother of Joseph, Henry, Annie, and Inside Baby, due soon. Hi, this is Curtis Stephen with SpiritAndSong.com, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. Send us your comments via Facebook, facebook.com slash slradio1, or email us at radio at saltandlighttv.org. Now, a few shows ago, after we expressed a desire to feature Catholic blogs on the program, we received an email from one of our listeners, Sarah Fleischman, giving us some great Catholic blog suggestions and telling us about a community of bloggers that exists uh, on Tumblr.com. Well, to find out more, we figured we'd give Sarah a call. Sarah, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Hi, thanks. So for people who who have no idea, what is Tumblr.com? Well, it is a kind of a social media hybrid. It's very much like Twitter in the way that you interact with the things other people post. So you can like something, reblog it, add your own comments. But it is technically considered a micro-blogging community. So if you bought a Tumblr blog, it's not going to be like your favorite WordPress blog. It's a lot more simple and streamlined. So it's kind of a Twitter and WordPress combination. So it's just, again, to clarify, so it's specifically for blogging, but microblogging. Yes. 
And so when you describe a community, why? what do you mean it's a community of bloggers? How does that work? Well, uh, it is, um, there are 600 of us in a Facebook group who are Tumblr Catholic bloggers. And we all kind of found each other about two, two and a half years ago on Tumblr because we were all tagging our posts Catholic. And we realized that there was quite a few of us on the social media site, and we decided to uh, create a Facebook group. And since then, we've been communicating in that group. We have several subgroups, like for women, for men, for writers. And we've gotten into a lot of great conversations on Tumblr, off Tumblr, and sometimes we even Skype each other, phone call each other. And so it's a community in the fact that we met through Tumblr, but now it's grown into a lot more than that. And we've become friends across the country and across the globe. I see. So when you call it a community, you actually literally mean a community because it's a network. You've gotten to know each other. Now, do you have to be a blogger to join this community? Yes, you have to be on Tumblr. You have to be a Catholic Tumblr blogger um, in order to join the main And if, so everybody has their own blog. So this, this network or this community, are you guys also sharing information with each other in terms of blogging or everybody's doing their own blog separately outside of Tumblr? Everyone's, everyone's doing their own blog separately and um, sometimes in a Facebook group we'll say, hey, I just posted something really interesting on my blog. If you guys want to read it, give me feedback or um, sometimes in that Facebook group we post prayer requests which means 600 people are seeing it and so the discussions we have can, can be completely based around blogging or it can be about our lives and our struggles and uh, like posting right. funny Catholic memes or that sort of thing. Yeah. Now, you have your own blog then on Tumblr.com? Yep. It's wanderingconvert.tumblr.com. Wandering Convert. Mm-hmm. And what sorts of things do you write about? Um, the, the important thing to know about Tumblr is that it's not just writing about things. Uh, you repost a lot of things, which means, which is called reblogging. So uh-huh. I'll reblog uh, things that take my fancy, funny memes, or that sort of thing. But I've been blogging about convert-related things. Uh, how how I approach my faith is a little bit different because I am yeah. a convert. Yes. Um, and, and lately, I have been blogging a lot about uh, Catholic sexual ethics and theology of that, and um, how. Approaching that is kind of challenging for women since sexuality isn't uh, primarily seen as like a women's issue and as far as chastity and purity. And so bringing perspective to that has been one of the issues I've been blogging a lot about lately. Right. So if anyone is interested in finding good content for cat, they don't have to, I suppose they could Google Catholic blogs, but they could also just go on Tumblr. And they mm-hmm. should be able to find, you said there's 600 people in the Facebook group, so that implies that there's 600 bloggers at least who are Catholic yeah, or least. have Catholic blogs. So if someone goes to Tumblr.com, it should be fairly easy for them to find some of these bloggers. Who yeah, are in the search box, you can do the hashtag symbol Catholic or Catholicism. Um, sometimes something not related to that will pop up because it is a yes. search function. But, but through that, you can find some... Good content, funny content, thought-provoking content, 
Oh, good. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us because, uh, um, like, I'm sure a lot of our listeners, I'm not on Tumblr.com, so I'm not very familiar with that with that uh, social media site. But thank you for sharing about what you do and for actually letting us know that this exists. Um, uh, because I, I know that people are always looking for resources and, and uh, we're here to help each other. So thank you, Sarah, for sharing with us today. Well, thank you. Sarah Fleischman is a journalist and a member of a community of bloggers at Tumblr.com. You can find her blog at wanderingconvert.tumblr.com. She joined us on the phone from New Kensington, Pennsylvania. Coming up in our second half hour, Olympian Rebecca Dussault, and we meet our featured band of the week, Out of Darkness, so don't go anywhere. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. Rebecca Dussault began cross-country skiing as a teenager, but after marriage, she decided to retire from the sport. But she could not stay away for long. Three years later, she found herself racing again and winning. In 2006, she was part of the U.S. Olympic team for the Winter Olympics in Torino, Italy. Since then, Rebecca has been in more than 60 races and she is the 2010 ITU Winter Triathlon World Champion. I could list many of her athletic achievements, but perhaps the most notable is that while in Torino, while staying in one of the villages at the Winter Olympics, Rebecca, her husband and son went to daily mass. I'm sure that she was one of the few athletes doing that. Rebecca now runs a program called Mass Start, which aims to help Catholics lead spiritually and physically healthy lives. And Rebecca now has a book, her story from childhood to Olympics, with her faith out front and her family in tow. And to tell us all about all of this, I'm now joined by Rebecca Dussault from her home in Colorado. Rebecca, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Oh, thank you, Deacon Pedro. It's great to finally be with you. Yes, I know. I know. It's been a few years. Um, mm-hmm. How how hard is it to be firm in your faith while being in such a competitive athletic environment? Well, it can be very challenging, but it's something I think that comes in waves or phases. As a teenager, it was incredibly challenging because I was at the mercy of largely the U.S. ski team and their schedules and, and resources, uh, especially while traveling abroad. And so getting to things like masks are extremely challenging for a Catholic athlete. Uh, sometimes that would mean, you know, making it clear to the next town or mm-hmm. um, avoiding some time of training or racing to uh, make masks the first priority. And I certainly felt the heat of that as a teenager. Um, it's been easier, certainly, in my adult life when I've had more of my own resources. I and rent my own car or, you know, hitchhike if I have to and feel somewhat safe or, you know, take a taxi, some of those other things. Yes. But it's it's something that comes in phases, and uh, I, I would certainly love to see it easier on a Catholic athlete. Yeah. Uh, it, it is beautiful that there are, there's mass everywhere in the world, but that doesn't mean it's easy to get to. To get to. Now, so you were always religious? You were, as a teenager even, you didn't have moments of, uh, of, of uh, falling away? No, I I didn't. Oh, praise God! You know, I came yeah. from a very a very broken home, um, and saw the rebellion and falling away, if you will, of my older sister and my younger brother. And about that time in my life, when my parents had divorced, and I latched on to another family, which was a very holy household, and in particular the mother, who is now mm-hmm. my mother-in-law, uh-huh. um, really impacted my life at that time and just showed me what joy it was to live for Christ, whether it's 
you know, through the through the triumphs or through the trials, whatever whatever the case may be. I just saw that he was her stronghold, and she exuded just this love and this joy in everything she did. And she didn't have an easy life, and but she was a focused person, focused fully on on Christ and His church. And I thought, you know, that's that's who I want to be. Um, so mm-hmm. I I latched onto that. I attended that family's. Um, or not attended, but went to that family's home regularly. Right. Um, and then to the extent that I was eventually homeschooled in that home as okay. well. So that was hugely impactful. I see. Um, it's not something my brother and sister got out mm-hmm. of their teenage years. Uh, they lost their faith, whereas I gained mine. So right. praise God. And and you ended up, then your husband is, is, is from that family. He is. Well, yes. you know, I started hanging out with that younger sister. I know. Becoming best friends with her and... Gosh, over at the household, there was this older brother figure, and no, that's kind of the end of the story. <laughs> yeah. Famous last words. Now, tell me something. Just yeah. curious. So, when you were, especially as a teenager, and and trying to be spiritual or or part of the Olympic team and and wanting to make it to mass, did you ever have to? Did you ever face any any criticism or or you know they'd make fun of you or anything like that? That was a huge part yeah. of what went on when I was a teenager racing. Everything from why in the world are you wearing a gold unblossomed rose chastity ring? What does that mean? Oh, who would save themselves um, sexually until marriage? Like, right. that's just lame. That's so prude of you. So, you know, things on that level to why in the world is she missing the Saturday night team meal so she can go to mass? I mean, yeah. mass. Who goes to mass anymore? Um, so on so many levels, just constant challenges, uh, having to be super strong in mm-hmm. the faith. And, um, right. Yeah. So, prayer. so is part of what you're the goal of what you're doing now with with your uh, your your ministry, if I can call it that, Mass Start this this new program, is it to empower Catholic athletes to 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 be stronger in their faith, to to be firmer in having those opportunities so that they don't stray away? Absolutely. Trying to give them the same resources and tools I've found to deal with the, the crisis of priorities in life. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got to be uniquely and firstly Catholic. And other things are such a, a benefit and a bonus. And so I want people to understand that I want to get back on the start line with them, if you will. Um, as an endurance athlete, the term mass start is all familiar and that everyone is starting together. It doesn't mean everyone wins just because we all start on the start line at the same time. It means some people are drafting other people, working with them, some, some of the carrot out front maybe that you're chasing um, but I want to get back on the start line with the faithful and help them understand we really need wholeness of health. And I don't think it's right. Some some have the perception that when we go to church that we're kind of asked to check our body at the door or when we go into the world we're asked to check our soul at the door. It's really not that way. We need a wholeness of health. Of course, all of it is aimed unto our spiritual health, that being the most important. But um, we have this so-called temple that we you know, walk around with it houses this immortal soul. And so we should care for it, too. And so to, to understand how the church realizes her ministry within, you know, physical fitness and athletics and mm-hmm. things is, is really my, my mission. Right. Um, so how does it, it how does it work? Do you run programs or is it, is it a personal coaching or, or, or training? How, how does it work? Right. Well, I am available uh, locally, certainly to my own community. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually, when I get off this call with you, I'm stepping in to teach fellowship and fitness. Oh, 
Christian Women's Workout class. Right. Uh, so that's on a local level. And then through the website, there's all kinds of coaching options. And it could be really formal coaching. People want a training plan written. They really want to gear up for an event. Mm-hmm. Or just more more casual, more life coaching. More, um, you know, maybe get the family's priorities back in order. And right. how does the whole family exercise together and, right. and feel rejuvenated and, and yet not lose sight of their, their priorities and their focus and just helping people on a lot of levels. I want to just be available to people as, as much as people will find structured um, information and programming right. on my website. That email address or phone number or whatever gets you in touch with me on a personal level and I'd love to reach out whatever the need is. Um, it doesn't have to fit within some pre-made structure. Um, I just am available because that is my my mission. Yeah, and they don't have to physically be with you in the same room. They can be across the country, just and you can help them over the phone or via email. Correct. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I'm currently doing that and really enjoying some remote coaching. That's great. And uh, you know, today we've been called even by the Holy Father to use the new media. Yes. You know, so whether that's I'm sending someone a video of here, do this, try this, right? Or they're sending me a video and asking for critique, or whatever the case may be, or we're chatting. Um, there's just so many ways to do it and to feel that connectedness. So, right. Um, so you yeah. have. So so your book. To, uh, tell me a bit as as we finish off your book. It's also called Mass Start. Mass Start. And I didn't know the reference to the everybody starting on the, the on the the start line together. That's a new information for me. So Mass Start. Um, is the hope, what is the hope for your book? Yeah, and the book too, just to, to dive into the title a little more, I mean, Mass Start is certainly an athletic term, but as a Catholic reading that title, yes, it all starts at the Mass. It's the Mass houses the source and summit of Christian life. Mm-hmm. That's like the Olympics of spirituality. You know, that's the source and summit of, of great Olympic, or, um, you know, athletic achievement. Well, the Mass is our Olympics. That is our marriage. That is our ultimate. So, it, yeah. you know, it all starts in the Mass, and that's where we're sent out. So the book, <clears throat> it's a biography, so written about me, and, yeah, it just chronicles my journey. And, this, again, the trials, the triumphs, the how did I do it and remain a faithful Catholic athlete. Mm-hmm. And you alluded to in your intro that um, I was attending Mass, daily Mass, in the Olympic Village yeah. of Progelato. And I, I almost chuckled when you said, you know, probably one of few athletes doing that. Well, I can tell you, we were in the heart of Italy, of all countries. Yeah. Um, well known to Catholics, you know, as the home base of the whole church. And we, our little family was the only people in the church every day. Never another athlete and never another person. And when we fling open the doors of the church to leave, it was out into a bustling Olympic host town. Yeah. And nobody took the time to step into mass, and it was just showed me the disparity of of faith and its and its place in our lives. Uh, especially, I mean, even in Italy, I just I didn't know that that would be the case there too. I think that's often been the case in my career, though. Yeah, um, I, I, not many people go out of the way for the Lord, but if the world says jump, they say how high, yeah. where, when. Oh, you know, we've got a soccer game here. Well, we can't make math. My six-year-old has to play clear across the state in a soccer game. Yes. Uh, people are just, they're mixed up on what's really important and what really um, the family needs to center all their energy around. And, and then things flow from that. It's not like to be faithful to the Lord, you have to neglect being um, so many other things that we all have interest in being. Exactly. But that, 
no, it th- would with greater purpose lend itself to that. Yeah, I think you've nailed it on the head when you talked about priorities and, and, and it shows that, that the work that you're doing is necessary and important and that more of us need to go in in go into the go that route because we need to educate our our kids better, especially in Catholic schools. Rebecca, that's all the time we have. Um, but it's been great finally connecting with you and, and having you on the program. Um, thank you for sharing a little bit of what you do and, and all the best. Keep keep doing it and I hope that our paths will cross one day. Yes, well, thank you for having me and let us all march toward health through holiness. Amen. Olympic cross-country skier Rebecca Dussault is the founder of MassStart.org. You can purchase her new book of the same title at that same website, MassStart.org. Org. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Out of Darkness, with Father Forgive from their album Stronghold.
That was Out of Darkness with Father Forgive from their album Stronghold. Out of Darkness is comprised of husband and wife, Adam and Lori Yubowski. They are both directors of music ministry at two parishes in the Diocese of Pensacola, Tallahassee, Florida. They released their first album in 2010, and their latest album, which we've been listening to, Stronghold, was released in 2013. And I hope that you're as excited as I am about their music. A, I'm not sure how to describe it, a combination of indie, rock, worship, slash ballad, slash acoustic, slash big band. There's a little bit of everything there. Um, I'm happy to welcome Adam and Lori Yubowski of Out of Darkness to our program. Guys, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Thank you so much. Thank you. Glad to be here. So, Very glad. So marriage is difficult. I mean, it's 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 hard work. It's a beautiful <laughs> blessing. You guys have marriage and work together. How does that work? Yes. Well, you know, it's funny because we spent um, much most of our lives individually uh, working on music and learning our skill set and and really just growing in our faith um, separately, but. When we started doing music ministry together, and, and now looking back on after all these years, really we're at, we're at our best when we do music together. So mm. and when we minister together, and it's really it's not to be sappy or anything, but it just really is true. <laughs> so so music is is an analogy for marriage, Adam. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that as a good analogy, at least for us anyway, being yeah. two musicians. So. so were you got you've been married for twelve years? That were you doing music separately before? Huh. Well, I think uh, we both kind of grew up um, separately being introduced to, you know, just doing music, you know, in their liturgy at a young age with yeah. our music directors at our home parishes. And, you know, just we kind of found each other in college and just kind of kept going at it, but now together. Right. And and both of you work as music directors like that. Those, those are your full-time jobs at these two parishes. Yes. Yes. We're actually, there's two Catholic parishes in, in our town, Niceville, and, um, they're about five minutes apart, okay. and we we're both directors of music there, and um, it's just been a huge blessing to have these two communities who really, you know, we we joke that it takes the village to raise yeah. you know kids, but here it takes two, yeah. and it's uh, yeah. the village of, yeah. of each of our parishes, and um, just just to have this nice family and community here, and really, um, we do have those full time positions, but it's it's very much. It's also our ministry, and then mm-hmm. Out of Darkness is our ministry outside of our parish walls. Right. And we've been blessed to just have opportunities to share what we're doing at the parish level uh, together with each other yeah. um, to, to different groups and different uh, different people and different walks of life. Yeah. I want to ask you a little bit more about that, but before that, are, were you both always Catholic in your growing up, or, or is that did you have moments of falling away? Um, well, I would say that we probably both are, um, we're both cradle Catholics, and um, as far as where we became serious about our journey and our faith, um, for me, that was that was in high school, mm-hmm. uh, a youth conference where I really uh, just face-to-face during Eucharistic adoration, um, just really came to the Lord and, and gave Him, you know, my life and, and just responded to His calling, and Adam's experience... Um, being a cradle Catholic is a little bit different. I'll let him talk about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that I probably took the, a little bit longer route than Lori did, you know, for finally um, coming into my faith and everything. But yeah, I, I grew up, you know, cradle Catholic, and 
you know, always always attended faithfully and everything and had great faithful family. In fact, my dad is an ordained deacon. He oh, was ordained good. when I was 15. Good. And uh, so, you know, I don't know, maybe I think I maybe rebelled a little bit in the uh, you know, beginning stages of my college years. But then, of course, I met my wonderful wife at that time, and, <laughs> you know, she kind of helped steer me back in the right direction, and, uh, you know, it was a very, very instrumental in my faith journey right. as well. So. so how crazy, how crazy is it working together, doing music together, having three kids, <laughs> I hope you don't homeschool them, please. (laughs) (laughs) That, you know, it would be nice to have that option, but um, no, we do not currently. We, we, um, we're blessed to have a nice school here nearby, but um, it is, crazy is a really great word to uh, lead into that question because it does seem crazy a lot. We juggle a lot. Um, But it's such a blessing. Mm -hmm. It is. And, and just when we come face-to-face with people that, you know, we're, we're called to minister to, and we have these opportunities, and then um, the things that they walk away with um, that God has revealed to them, those are the kinds of blessings that um, just make the chaos worth it. Right. So, <laughs> and uh, lots of prayer. Yeah. Lots of prayer. <laughs> so how old are your kids? Do, they, do, do you have them playing musical instruments already? Oh, we're slowly working on it. As as uh, we roll through this summer here, that everybody will be eight, six, and two. Yeah. Okay. Um, so our oldest is uh, pretty good on the piano right now, and you know she'll probably start some guitar this summer. And the youngest is probably going to, or uh, my son, the six year old, is going to be starting some drums here pretty quick. So we're we're getting them in there. So yeah, make... they, they kind of. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, make sure you have a full band. Yes. That's the goal. That's but the goal. We're gonna have to do it with five piece because I don't know if we're <laughs> have more kids. Um, cause you, yeah, because <laughs> out of dark. I mean, I did say that out of darkness was the two of you, but really you have other band members. Um, yes, we do. Yeah, uh, we have some great, great group of guys that um, we travel with, and in our bigger events that we do diocesan youth conferences and things like that, um, we have a great band that we work with too. Okay, now why out of darkness? Well, um, you know, when we started working on a name, when we decided to bring our ministry outside of our parish walls and really just um, do music together again, um, since we're at separate parishes, we were like, okay, so we have to have this identity, this name, and we've got to, you know, we've got to have a website for crying out loud. What are we, what are yeah. we calling ourselves? The Yugowskis? I don't know. Sounds like a... <laughs> this kind of sounded like a polka band, so yeah. you know, we didn't yeah. really want to go that route. <laughs> Um, and so we went through a series of names, but Out of Darkness just stuck, and that's from, uh, of course, taken from Scripture, Second yeah. Corinthians 4, 6, and, um, and then uh, we thought it was really cool when Pope Francis, um, when, when he had his Lumen Fide, and the first paragraph in the introduction, describes it so beautifully. Yeah, very much surmises kind of like our, our thoughts and the idea of what we wanted for out of darkness and the light of faith and shining our light out and in fact on our first cd um, you know I, we had a song that was you know very much felt commissioned by you know the people who helped raise the funds for our album it's called mm-hmm. let your light shine yeah and uh yeah that was just kind of you know our, our our theme and our commissioning you know for our ministry so so out of darkness really sort of summarizes what you hope is if I can call it a mission, the mission of your of mm-hmm. your ministry. Yeah. Yeah, that's, you could call that our foundation. And then, you know, from there, we, we, really, we really try to be versatile and really 
look at each event that we do and see the needs of the people who are going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so we're we're kind of always morphing, you know, and, and changing just to meet those needs as best we can. But that really is our foundation. Right. Um, How do you? Who does all the songwriting, or do you share that as well? Well, I wrote a word one time, <laughs> okay. and he didn't let me have any credit. <laughs> oh man! Primarily, I've done most of the uh, of the songwriting on the uh, the last couple albums. Next, which is something you know we're kind of hoping change. We'd like to be able to spend some more time, maybe kind of trying to co-write yeah. a little bit more. Um, yeah. But we did, have, you know, we've had some opportunities to uh, work with some great songwriters too. Yeah. Um, kind of help with some songs too. So this new album, Stronghold, I guess is, yeah, I guess is new, newish. Um, yeah, still a baby. <laughs> most, of, most of the songs, are all the songs written by you, Adam? Um, let's see, we did uh, nine originals and we did one you cover. You have one cover, yeah. On the, yeah, so yeah, um, they were all written by me. A um, couple co-wrote with uh, Sarah Hart. And, uh, oh, good. Our producer, Josh Blakesley, helped, you know, fix it fix one or two of them. So. Oh, excellent. Good, good, good choices, Sarah, Sarah and Josh, good <laughs> friends. Um, oh, yeah. do, do you, do, um, okay. And then you take it to the band and does the band help collaborate or it's basically Adam's way or the highway? <laughs> but, I mean, as far, as far as the recording goes, you know, we, 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 we went to Nashville and we recorded with studio artists. And, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I see. Right, yeah. Okay. And really it was, it was our vision. And then, and then, Josh as producer, Josh Blakesley. Yeah. Um, did just such a great job with this and really captured um, where our heart was at for each song. And um, so that's kind of how that came about. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, you know, I did not realize that Josh had produced it. Um, he, he did a good job. It, it's a really good album. I love the sound. Um, whatever you. you guys are doing, keep doing it. It's so refreshing <laughs> to, to meet new band. You guys are a, a new band for me. Um, to, to, to the music is great. The the songwriting is great. The the sound is excellent. The production is excellent, and and uh, that's so exciting because that's what we do oh, here. Thank you. Yeah. No, this is thank great. Thank you so much. So, um, th- thank you for for uh, <laughs> for joining me today, joining our listeners and me today. And uh, if I'm in Florida, I'm gonna look you guys up. Oh, definitely. That was Adam and Lori Yubowski, uh, husband and wife team, Out of Darkness. You can learn more about their band, Out of Darkness. You can book them for an event or buy their music at outofdarknessmusic.com. Here they are now with Let My Soul Proclaim from their album, Stronghold. Let my soul proclaim your greatness, Lord, let my soul let my soul proclaim Well, how can this be? You have shown me the Savior And I will call Him Jesus His mercy sets me free I am not afraid For you have shown great favor Nothing is impossible Let my soul proclaim Your greatness Lord, let my soul Let my soul listening to Out of Darkness with Let My Soul Proclaim from their album Stronghold. And that will take us to the end of the program. Next week, we're giving away a copy of Out of Darkness's 
stronghold. So remember to sign up for a chance to win weekly prizes. All you have to do is go to our website, saltandlighttv.org slash radio and look for where it says stay connected for a chance to win weekly prizes. Enter your name and your email address for a chance to win. Also, you can like us on Facebook and write nice things about us on our page. That will definitely get you a prize. And while you're on Facebook, you can also like me, look for Deacon Pedro, and you can also follow me on Twitter at Deacon Pedro GM. Remember that if you tuned in late, you can listen to this program and all Salt and Light Hour programs at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. That's also where you can now listen to uninterrupted Catholic music and devotions on Salt and Light Radio. Check them out. We now have four online radio stations, contemporary music, easy listening, and classics, world music, and children's music. So go check them out. Salt and Light Radio is possible thanks to the generous support of artists like Out of Darkness. So go to our website and learn how you can listen to online or on the go on your mobile device, saltandlighttv.org slash radio. Thank you for your support and thank you for listening. I'm Deacon Pedro and this has been the Salt and Light Hour. Let my soul, let my soul, magnify your grace and sing your praise. Let my soul, whoa.